is a Woodside Church podcast. Well, good morning to you all. Good morning. My name is Martin. If I haven't uh, had a chance to meet you or greet you, it's great to have this opportunity to share God's word with you today. Now, we are actually looking at part two of a mini series on reboots. We did a, a longer one earlier in the year. Uh, in the spring but this is really developing that idea and last week Tim Green so helpfully spoke about the fact that God has a plan for you and a plan for me he talked about us having friendship with God having a focus on God's kingdom and being in his fellowship a fellowship of believers and uh, talked about how that's the foundation to us knowing God's plans now uh, that's very much almost like a personal reboot. The reboot is the theme that we feel God has spoken to us prophetically and we're unpacking that together. And Tim so helpfully talked about what effectively is a, is a personal reboot. What does it mean for us to re-engage, reboot, as it were, our, our following of God? And I just want to recommend that to you. If you haven't heard that, that sermon, please go to that. Because almost what I'm going to be talking about is building on that foundation. In some respects, to go where we're going to go today without last week is going to be bypassing something very, very important. So please, please make sure you, you look at what it means for you to personally reconnect with God, God's plans and purposes and his fellowship. Uh, so important that we all do that. What I'd like to do today is almost look at uh, the corporate reboot. Look at, if you like, the title would be God has a plan for us. God has a plan for us together as Woodside Church, as his local church, part of his expression in Bedford, part of God's expression is universal church as well. God has a plan for us. And we want to look at what does that mean for us together. Now, of course, much is happening already. What I would like to particularly focus on is community life, Christian community life. When we look at God's plan for us, that's really where I want to land. But just before I get to that, much is already happening amongst us as we look at rebooting together. We're gathering again on Sunday mornings, aren't we? On two sites, in the Putno site and also the Great Denham site. We're putting a lot of focus now on enabling us to run Sundays as we used to some 18 months ago. And I'm thrilled to say we now have all the groups active and serving in the way that we did before. We have kids work, we have youth activities uh, and a youth plan. We have bands serving us. We have amazing times of worship. We're also enjoying a new freedom together. We have been encouraging that, uh, encouraging one another. God has gifted us all to to bring a contribution in different settings, and so we're we're seeing that and loving that, and having people bring words, prophecies, scriptures, prayers. It's it's been fantastic. It really has been wonderful. We are looking at numbers as numbers grow and each week there's people coming back that haven't been with us for 18 months or so so good to see old friends and meeting some new friends as well and uh, we're looking at numbers particularly on on the Putno site what we sometimes sometimes call the east site on Dover Crescent 
the moment we just run the one meeting at 10 o'clock but at some moment some point we hope to go to two meetings but we're staying at uh, one meeting at the moment on that site and also on the great dam site both at 10 o'clock working and growing quickly and uh uh, it's, there's lots going on. Of course, we run the online surface as well. But at some point, just want to make you aware that at some point we will stop the online service. Uh, no definite plans have been made, but we will do that at some point. And it may be soon. We, it's so difficult to know exactly when that's going to be. But we really believe in the gathering of the family together. And of course, we're tentatively looking at this. And uh, whatever decisions we make now, we may have to change further down the road. So, um, you know, you'll, you'll forgive me, but we may have to move the goalposts. But our plan is to stop the online service at some point soon. And we'll keep you updated on that. We'll also continue to be involved in serving and loving our local community. Uh, some things, food bank, befriending services carried on throughout the year. And so thank you so much to those uh, many of you who are involved in those activities. But uh, the our other activities are now starting up again. We've got connections serving seniors. We've got Centre 41 serving the community. We also, this week, we started Play People. It was great to see Vicky Bentley, who's now leading that area, and just seeing her gathering her team and many, many children and parents and uh, grandparents as well uh, coming to be a part of that morning this week. So, uh, we're beginning to really get up. So much is beginning to happen as we reboot together, as we begin to unpack God's plan for us. As I said to you, I'd like to particularly land on community groups or community life. Uh, they're the groups that meet during the week and connect at different times as well often in homes, but sometimes in the, in the, in the, the, uh, the building. Uh, and really feeling that as we reboot together, that this area is going to be very important to us. It was uh, the great Winston Churchill who once said, never let a good crisis go to waste. Never let a good crisis go to waste. I wonder what churches can learn from the crisis of the past year and a half. I've certainly been asking this question and reflecting on this, as have many others and many in our team as well. And you know, one of the things that we've been feeling is that generally speaking in churches, there's probably been an over-reliance on Sunday mornings. And maybe for believers, there's been an over-reliance on Sunday mornings. And therefore, as we go forward, as we reboot, we feel there needs to be a greater focus on building community. We highly value when we gather on Sundays. It's not like that isn't important. That's really important. But actually, if we are reliant on Sundays uh, too much for our, our walk with God and our connection with one another, then we are missing out on so much of what God has for us and how he describes the life of believers in the New Testament. Let me give you a flavour of this from Acts 2.42, which talks about this breathtaking Christian community life. This is what it says in Acts 2.42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. 
a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Isn't that just a wonderful description of this vibrant community life of these believers. They shared their lives together. They were devoted to one another and to God's word. There was a sense of God's presence and God's power amongst them, which overflowed in remarkable generosity. They used to gather in the temple courts. They had their, their larger gatherings, their larger settings, but they also met in smaller gatherings in their homes. There was worship, there was praise. There was also favour and goodwill with the rest of the community, the people, the town, the locality they were based. And we read that God added to their number those who were being saved. This was a, an outward looking people. This was a people that was on a mission, blessing one another, caring for one another, loving God, celebrating in the temple courts, gathering in real community, supporting one another with great generosity. Wonderful, wonderful example of community life. We see, don't we, that larger setting, as I was saying before, what we would see expressed in our Sunday mornings. But you see so much in the community life feeding into all that those believers were doing together. See, as we look at Reboot together, we want to give a focus on our community groups. If you like, this is an opportunity for me to talk about a community group Reboot. We are actually in our normal annual cycle. We, we once a year, we, we close the groups and give opportunity to start up again. And uh, we're launching as today, actually, as we've just heard. We're launching the new cycle and the new group. So from today, people can sign up and join all the new groups. I think it's around 20 at the moment. But we just don't want to start another cycle. We feel this is a moment to genuinely reboot. This is how I would describe it. We want our small groups to be the heart and heartbeat of church life. When our groups are healthy, the church is healthy. So we want to ask ourselves, what does it mean for our groups to be healthy? Because when the, the groups are healthy, I believe the church is healthy. What happens is when the groups are full of God and full of life, actually all of what's happening in the groups flows in to what we do when we gather on Sunday mornings. It's that way around. We're not looking to be heavily reliant on Sundays. We're looking to be focusing on groups and allowing that life to flow into those times when we very importantly gather together as a company uh, in two different settings, one on the west of the town, one on the east of the town. And I've got five points that I'd like to outline. I could spend so much time on this subject. I think it's just so close to my heart, so important to us. But I've got five points 
And I'm sure there'll be other times to unpack these further as well. But five points about what does it mean for us to have healthy groups? What will be our plumb line? What we say we're gunning for this? And some of this will be things that we've done before. Some groups would be doing these things before, but not necessarily all groups. Some things I'm going to look at, I think will be new to us all. But we feel that God is leading us into this time when we're saying, now this is what healthy groups look like. The first one is this. A new approach to leadership. A new approach to leadership. You see, what we see in the New Testament is a type of leadership which could be best described as facilitating leadership. It's leadership that isn't focused on the leader. It's focused on the leader pushing away and releasing others to use the gifts that God's given them and to grow in those gifts and to actually to mature as a believer through the process of using the gifts that God has given. It's what we read in Ephesians 4. And I touched on this when I looked at a, a previous series looking at reboots in the spring. If you haven't heard that, please listen to that series. Because I particularly look at Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 4 talks about leaders, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. But it says that their role is to equip the church for works of service, equip the church, release the church, be facilitating leaders to help the church, each believer to be released in all that God's called them to be. And we see this on Sundays now. We see a different type of church family gathering. We really do. If you haven't been yet, please come along. It is so much better than I remember it. I'll be honest with you. We have times when we, when the worship bands follow, clearly follow, not what they've prepared, but where God is leading us through a prayer or prophecy from someone in the congregation. We've had some wonderful moments and we're really pressing into that together. Just a very practical thing is we, we don't check anything. When someone brings a contribution, they just come to the microphone and they share. And then we're together, we weigh what God is saying. And uh, it's really exciting. So we see that release of the gifts growing on Sunday mornings, but there's only so much one can do. There's only so much space. And we want to have places where people can really be really released and step into some things and take some risks and be in an environment where they can make mistakes and everyone says, it doesn't matter, let's just grow together. And uh, we really see the community groups being fundamental for that. We're looking to see a facilitating type of leadership, leaders that are willing to step out and release others. Do you know, many years ago, uh, I got saved. I think I was 17, 18. got saved at a sort of uh, Bible week. It was described a big sort of camping holiday. And uh, the evangelist, a guy called Daniel Cousins, spoke. And uh, it, was, it was a powerful moment for me. I, I just knew it was my moment to respond to the grace of God. And I responded and uh, gave my life to Christ. And, and it was such a wonderful time. I just knew. I just knew I'd been born again. And that Jesus loved me. And it wasn't about my life or my performance. It was all about what he'd done for me. It was wonderful. The following morning, I went to Daniel Cousins, the speaker, on the previous night. Went to his seminar. And I went actually with my dad and my brother and some others from the church. And when, when we got there, my dad went up to Daniel Cousins and said, Daniel, thank you so much for your message last night. Uh, my son Martin gave his life to, 
to Christ. So I just want to thank you for what you shared. Uh, and, uh, and obviously Daniel, I guess, was encouraged by that. There was about 150 people in the room, uh, something like that. And uh, then Daniel, at the beginning of the seminar, said, said I just want to particularly welcome Martin, welcome me. Uh, he gave his life to Christ last night. And so there was this nice round of applause and <laughs> I felt all encouraged. Uh, and then he turned to me and I was quite near the back. He said, Martin, at the end of my seminar, I'd like you to pray for us. I thought, what on earth is he doing? And he said, no, I would like you to pray for us and lead us in prayer at the end of my seminar. I would just give my life to Christ the night before. 150 people, I'm thinking, what on earth is happening here? My dad felt terrible, actually. He said, oh, what have I done to my son? And so at the end of the seminar, Daniel finished. He said, I'm now going to hand to Martin, who's going to lead us in prayer. So I, I, to be honest, it, it's all a bit of a... <laughs> a bit of a blur and, and so I think I stood up and uh, and I, I, I said my best prayer I could ever think of I've no idea what I said there was lots of amens and encouraging murmurs you know I mean Christians are nice and so they they were thinking goodness me this is a tough ask and so I think it went okay this is the key point I'm saying when I left the tent I remember walking out and I remember God speaking to me in that moment he said this, he said, Martin, get used to that feeling. Get used to feeling out of your depth. And, you know, that's been my story. When I got involved in leadership, uh, it's always been that feeling of feeling, I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. But I know God has said, when I put myself in a position where I'm feeling out of my depth, then I'm in the place where God wants me to be. You know, Paul talked about in weakness, God is... God makes us strong. And it's just like that. You may look at me and think, think, oh, well, he loves to be up the front. It's, I mean, I am an extrovert, so I don't I don't die up the front, you know. But but it, I, there's there's my internal insecurities that that those close to me would know about. But I know God has said you've got to place yourself in in positions where you're stepping into things. And so that's what it's like when we're uh, when we're releasing people uh, to use their gifts. We're encouraging them. Look, take a risk. Step into a place where you feel uncomfortable and you're thinking, oh, Lord, if you don't turn up, I don't know what's going to happen. See, in those moments, we grow. In that in those moments, we discover how God has gifted us. Yeah. In those moments, we make mistakes. I have a long list of mistakes that I've made. But actually, most of all, I grow as I step out in him. And so what I would what we're looking for is leaders that create environments where people can step out and learn to trust God. Because actually, my story isn't just for me. It's for all of us. It's all supposed to be about what he can do through us. Even if you, for you, you may be someone who's considering leadership so the message to you and in fact my prayer is that many people through this sermon will think you know I'm going to give leadership leadership of a group a go I'm going to step into a place where I feel a little bit exposed a bit out of my depth but I think I can give this facilitating leadership a crack because it's not about you it's not about the leader who can do everything you've got the best bible knowledge uh, lead a brilliant evening, pastoral skills are amazing. No, no, leaders are actually to find those gifts from around the group. 
and to release others as we all grow in God together. We have 20 groups at the moment. I think we're going to need more. So maybe for you, that's something to consider. That's number one, a new approach to leadership. Number two, a new approach to community, a new approach to community. When you read those words from Acts 2.42, there's some things that hit home. There's so much there and, and we don't have time to go into all of it. But you see this sharing of life together. This is not community, meaning it's going to a meeting once a week or once a fortnight. No, no, no. This is community. These are people connected to one another. Now, I know this is difficult in today's world. But, you know, we live busy lives. It's just the world we are in. We can't we can't uh, not be in the world. We're supposed to be in the world. But there are ways that we can connect, whether it's through technology, through WhatsApp, through other means. You can even pick up the phone and speak to someone. Or, lo and behold, you can even go and see someone outside of the meeting. We can create space where we're, where we're doing that. I mean, I've heard some wonderful stories about over this past year and a half where groups have looked out for one another they've cooked meals for each other they when when there was a shortage in the shops for different things toilet rolls being one of them i think it was uh, they had a whatsapp group where they were sharing i'm going to tesco's is there anything people want and they'd all put this massive shopping list down i mean wonderful practical ways that people have shared life together it's really great it's really really encouraging but we want to not just be those that love God together, not just be those that love one another well. We also want to do this. And this is a part of the new approach to community life. We want to be those that also love those who don't know God. We want to be strong on those first two, of course, real community life, grinding God together. But we want to be those that love those who are far from God. Great space in our lives and in the life of the group to connect with those who don't know Jesus. To really love them. I don't mean Bible bash them. I mean love them. And at some point it may be sharing truth with them. But we start by loving people, don't we? And we see this in this, this wonderful community in, in the early church. That they had favour uh, with the people. They had a good will with the people around them. And then we read that God added to their number those being saved. We want a new approach to community life that looks more like that. Thirdly, we want a new approach to multiplication. What do healthy groups look like? Well, they look like groups that have a new approach to multiplication. Now, of course, groups growing and multiplying is something we're, we're quite familiar with. In fact, the, the annual cycle works quite well for us. Often what happens is a group over the year will grow in number. They may Maybe through, from uh, new people joining, from, come through Sunday mornings, or maybe friends that join from other places. In fact, that's something we really want to encourage. Have space in our groups so on Sundays we can, we can be those that say, hey, come and join us. Oh, you're new here. Come and be a part of our community, our part of the family. That's a, something really to be encouraged. We don't want our groups so full that there's no space for guests that are arriving. In fact, there's many new folk now arriving on Sunday mornings. We want to Make sure we love them and embrace them in the community. So that's a great way where groups grow and then often they grow and they become two. One becomes two. We're familiar with that, aren't we? But something that uh, has been brought to my attention to a prophetic word or through a prophetic word from a guy called Adrian Horner is a new way of thinking about multiplication. 
Adrian, if you don't know, Adrian's a great friend of ours. He is, we would recognize him as an Ephesians 4 prophet, uh, recognized ministry. Uh, works very closely with David in David's role serving other churches around the globe and really supports David in, in that, as well as with myself, Adrian uh, uh, works alongside me and uh, I lead a, a group of churches and serve a number of churches as part of Catalyst and do other things as well. And Adrian's part of my team on that. So he's a great, very valued friend, but also a valued gift. And he gave a prophetic word to us just the back end of last year. And he said, I saw a time when, these are my words, but uh, a time when evangelism and strategy were coming together. And he explained that he saw that we we were going to go to a moment, a time when two and threes would get together. And he said, you don't need to make it happen. He said, it's just going to happen. And it's about evangelism strategy. He said there could be specific groups as well. But there was this general word that two and threes, uh, evangelism strategy coming together. And the amazing thing is we're beginning to see early examples of that. Uh, I was speaking to someone a couple of weeks ago. And they are meeting with uh, two other women, uh, both who are fairly new Christians uh, or new to fairly new to Woodside. And they're hungry to know about God. And so they've been meeting as a three and they've been opening God's word. I think the first evening they had together, they prayed for baptism of the Holy Spirit and the spirit fell. And they were filled with the love and the power and the spirit of God. And they keep meeting and they talk about other friends that may want to join. And when I heard this, I thought, this is it. This is an example of two or threes, just almost creating a quite a spontaneous multiplication. Uh, it's really a community group. We wouldn't we probably wouldn't put it on the list. It, it, not everything has to go on the list because it's something that's very much uh, 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 arrived quite organically and naturally. But you see God beginning to birth something that was prophesied before. I know of another group where this group of four or five people who have all uh, had similar stories, things that are challenges that have happened over recent years. And so they've recognised a common need. And so they're now meeting regularly and been a wonderful support. Some are actually from outside the church. Most are from inside the Woodside family. I'm thinking it's another opportunity. It's another example of, of a, a sort of an organic multiplication. Another group is formed. We wouldn't put it on the list because they've almost gathered for a specific reason and specific context. But you see this way God is beginning to birth things. When I last shared this with some of the other leaders, someone came up to me and said, do you know, I've been gathering over Zoom with a group. We've been praying for someone. And he said, she said to me, I wonder if this is the beginning of, of this becoming more of a, of a group that we meet more regularly going forward. I just say, just go for it. Go with what God's doing amongst you. Very exciting. So I think there's ways that God's going to birth new groups. And maybe for you, you're thinking, actually, there's this group here I'm connected with. Just go with it. Let's allow that organic multiplication take place because we need groups that are going to love one another, love God and love those far from God. And we don't mind what they look like or how they evolve. Just keep us in the loop of how they're, uh, how they're going so we can support you in that. Fourthly, a new approach to outreach and making disciples. If you like, a new approach to evangelism. We are all called to make disciples, aren't we? And we want to look at ways how we do that together. Uh, I've been looking at this a lot 
uh, over recent weeks. And in fact, in the reboot series, I talked about evangelism, talked about the sending of the 72 and all that that means. And I just want to say that if you haven't heard that session, please look at it. It's it's about discovering how we love people, discovering how we work together on that, discovering how we make my friends your friends, how how we don't think as individuals when we think of sharing the gospel, where we, 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 we involve people in community life, the community life of the community group and look at how we do that. It doesn't mean invite them to the meeting, but it may mean connecting with them outside of the meeting. It's looking at what it means to find the person of peace and stay with that person. There's so much I could say on this, and I'm sure we'll have other opportunities, but it's looking at how we do that together. Whereas previously we may have said, said okay, you've got someone you're interested, who's interested in the gospel, we'll invite them to the Alpha course that we run centrally. Well, we're thinking more that we would encourage people to run small Alpha courses using the videos connected to their community group, maybe with two or three, three or four people. It becomes a new group, becomes a new opportunity for God to move. I encourage you, maybe that's for you. Maybe you've got friends that are, are asking questions. Well, talk to your group leader and talk about how maybe your group can support you in leading a small alpha course, something like that, or beginning to join community, begin to make friends with those that are far from God. Let's let's explore that together. And fifthly and finally, a new focus on affinity areas, a new focus on affinity areas. Now, this needs explaining. One of the things that we've noticed uh, over recent years, and in fact is very clearly described in Luke 11, the teaching of the sending of the 72, what Jesus described, is that Jesus talked about groups of people that had an affinity. Now, when he did that teaching, the affinity normally was geographical. He said, go to a town, go to a village. That was the context. That was the, the common thing that all those people had together. They lived in the same area. But for, for our world today, that can look quite different. It can be geographical, can be a, a small neighbourhood or even a village. It can be geographical. But often it's connected through uh, someone's ethnicity or someone's social background or someone's interest or what, where they socialise, whether they go to the gym or they do something else. But we've seen God use us in these types of areas. Ensign and Sunu, Ensign's one of the elders in the church, uh, Ensign and Sunu led a group focused on people who spoke Malayalam, who came from southern India, Kerala, and were in Bedford. And, and we've seen many people saved. We're feeling God encourage us to look for different affinity areas. One would be the 20s group. And so we're thinking, how do we serve the 20s group? We already do this for the youth and the teenagers, don't we? But maybe there are other groups. People from different social backgrounds might be another area. Or you may know of a context where you know people are relating to one another through that specific context, that affinity. We want to look at different ways that we can launch groups and reach into and serve people uh, and start where people are at. So often we, we say, we, we sort of mold people into, they've got to look like this and think like this and act like this and be like this. Oh, well, let's start where people are at. If they connect because of that affinity or that part of their story, and let's start where they're at. I know we believe in a, being a one new people in Christ. And of course, we are gunning for that. And we believe in that. We celebrate that, particularly when we gather on Sundays together. But that's along the journey. We start where people are at. In fact, that was the story with 
the Malayalam speaking group that Ensign Sunu led, it started with, 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 with where they were at. And actually many became saved and joined the wider family. We're believing that God wants us, wants to help us in that as we follow where people are relating, affinity areas, if you like. There's a lot in this. There's a lot of things we believe God is leading us in. And we're, as you can tell, I'm excited by it. We do believe God has a plan for us. And as we reboot, we could talk about lots of things. But one of the things we really want to uh, align ourselves to is a new way of describing what it means to be healthy in our community groups and seeing them as being a real focus. So we're not reliant on Sundays. We value Sundays. We need Sundays. But actually, we see the life that comes from groups flowing into Sundays. And we have a scenario where we're not over-reliant. Believers aren't over-reliant on Sundays, but actually are looking at what it means to be part of a Christian community and all that God wants to do in that context. That's what we're hoping for. We believe God has a plan for us and God has a plan for you in our corporate identity, in our corporate story, the story of this family together. And I hope and I pray uh, wherever you are on your journey with God, that you really dig in to what it means to be a part of Woodside, the Woodside family. Don't just be an onlooker. Don't be an observer. Be a contributor. You, We need you. We need what God has done in your life. We cannot do this on our own. We're a body and we need different parts of the body. The leader's role is to ensure that we're using and releasing everyone. And as we do that, we grow and we mature as a body of believers together. And Jesus is glorified. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, well, that's it from me. It's been fantastic. This has been a bit long. I'll probably get told off for this, but I think I might get away with it. So, guys, God bless you. Hope to see you real soon. Bye for now. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.